You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast brought to you by Arrowhead Land Company. Here you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight because here we go. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoors Podcast. I am your host, John Hutsmith, and full disclosure, I just had to delete and redo this intro because I was so excited that I was basically screaming into my microphone and making it, you know, top out and it was all staticky and nasty and stuff. And so I'm trying to tone it back just a little bit here, but it is November, guys. It is prime rut time. I hope you've been out a lot already. I hope you're still out there. I hope you're listening to this in a tree stand, a saddle, a blind, a stand, a tripod, whatever it might be. I just hope you're outside hunting whitetail deer. So yes, welcome to the show. Uh, As I mentioned last week, as you're listening to this, hopefully, hopefully I am in Iowa hunting uh, deer myself there And uh, so, yeah, this is kind of a more pre-recorded episode than you're used to. Normally, it comes at you kind of semi-live, but it is like the end of October, so I'm doing this intro. I actually recorded this episode in like early to mid-October, something like that. Um, So, yeah, like I, I explained it all last week, but with me going on the trip, I had to kind of bank some episodes for while I'm there and coming home and everything, and so this is one of those episodes. And so because of that... This intro is going to be pretty short and sweet because nothing has really happened since I recorded my last episode. Um, And so I'm just going to throw some things out there real quick. So this is going to launch, I believe, November 6th. So by that time, uh, Oklahoma muzzleloader will be over. There's a very, very small chance that I killed the 2% buck, but I'm not going to bank on it because the weather is looking terrible and I don't think I'm going to get to hunt that much, you know, with my muzzleloader. Um, there's a maybe slightly higher chance that I went and hunted the Texas opener on November 4th and shot probably like a smaller management type buck on my buddy Randy's place. Um, but you know, had a good time, went and hung out with the buddies. 
And hopefully, as I mentioned, there's a 100% chance that by the time you're listening to this, I am in the state of Iowa. So still trying to kind of figure out my, my travel plans. Um, I mean, if I really wanted to, I could leave like Friday night and head up to Iowa. I kind of want to go hang out with my buddies at our traditional deer camp. Um, in the in the extended forecast, the weather actually looks better in Texas than it does in Iowa. But it's also Iowa, so I haven't figured out what I'm going to do yet. But all that to say, who knows what I'm doing. Uh, I hope you guys are having some awesome luck hunting the rut wherever you're listening to this. And hopefully I'm having some good luck in Iowa. So that's pretty much it for this uh, this intro. Um, as I mentioned, I think I mentioned talking to my good buddy Ryan Adams, who actually killed a really nice buck the same exact day that I killed my buck on, uh, what was that, October 5th? And so we're talking to him. He's telling his story. He's talking about their new place that he's been hunting the last couple years. And I think it's just a really, really good episode. So thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you're having a great time. Still lots of season left. If you're struggling, don't worry. Still a lot of rut left, honestly. So don't be discouraged. Get out there. Spend as much time as possible in the woods and good things will happen. So that's it. That's going to do it for this intro. I hope you guys are ready for my chat with Ryan. Good, good friend of mine. And we're going to get into it right this second. So stay right there. Hey everybody, welcome to today's show. And today I got my good lifelong friend on, Mr. Ryan Adams. How you doing, Ryan? I'm good, man. Yeah, I'm happy to be on here. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's my well, you know, you finally killed something worthy of coming on my show. <laughs> and so uh okay. no, there you go. We, we were uh, we were talking beforehand whether you'd been on or not, and you were on one of the first episodes way back when, when uh, I recorded a terrible episode on my cell phone as we were coming back from an elk hunt. Um, I think I've probably... Was that our last elk hunt, or have we done one since then? I guess that would have been our last one. No, that was the last one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, so yeah, it's been a while, but uh, anyway, like I said, we've known each other for almost my whole life. You are uh, good friends with my older brothers, and so I think y'all probably went to school together in what kindergarten, something like that. Uh, well, no, we probably started going later elementary for sure, but then became you know really good friends. Yeah, like right around the end of then and mm-hmm. early junior high. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, like I said, known each other a long time and, uh, finally getting you on here because you got a heck of a story to tell, but before we, uh, you know, get too far ahead of ourselves real quick, let's back up and why don't you just tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, born and raised in Texas, so new to all the Oklahoma stuff, but we have, um, man, we've been leasing land in texas as long as i can remember my my dad got into hunting when you know probably right before my brother and i were born and um so yeah i mean as as long as i've been alive he's he's had a lease somewhere that you know he started taking us when you know we were probably four or five years old we started going out there with him and killed my first deer with him probably when i was you know seven or eight and been doing it ever since um and yeah, here just, in, you know, in the last, I don't know, you probably know better than I do, but, you know, eight to 10 years really started getting into archery and enjoying that. You know, we've done some of our elk hunts together and I just, yeah, I'm pretty, 
eat up with hunting. It's all I seems to be all I think about sometimes. So, um, yeah, man, it's, you know, I love it now. I've got, you know, kids of my own that I'm introducing to it. And my oldest shot his first deer last year, which, you know, I was surprised with all the emotion I felt when, <laughs> when that happened. So I'm excited. You know, they, my two older boys are both, you know, pretty obsessed with it. My daughter, she doesn't like that we killed a mommy deer. So mm-hmm. I still got some work to do, to do with her, but yeah, man, it's turned into a family thing. We love, you know, we process all of our own stuff. Now my wife has really gotten into that. She has no interest in, in hunting, but she loves that part of it, you know, making, making the food out of it. So, um, yeah, it's kind of turned into a whole family affair, which has been a lot of fun. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, I, 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 this is the first time I've had you on, but I've actually referenced you several times. And I think I told you this story recently about how, you know, I always talk about how I didn't necessarily grow up in a hunting family. My dad like bird hunted a little bit. Um, but I always talked about how my brothers had this friend who invited them to go deer hunting. And I was always the younger <laughs> brother who, who never got to go. And you, to go. Are, you are that friend. You are the one that uh, took my older man. brothers and I was always left at home. And I think that's really the main reason I'm such a avid hunter today is because I just felt so left out back then that I wanted to go along. So too. You're welcome. Yeah. 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 And and now I'm older and we get to hunt together and, uh, you know, we talk a lot about it and everything. So it's, you know, it's all come full circle. So Uh, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, to get things started, uh, you, you kind of hinted at it already, but you talked about how y'all basically growing up, you always had a deer lease, um, usually out Mm -hmm. in West Texas area. Um, you know, I think, uh, your dad did quite a bit of bow hunting, but y'all did a lot of rifle hunting and everything. And then y'all have mm-hmm. since yeah. bought a property in Oklahoma and been hunting there the last two or three years. So uh, I kind of want to cover just kind of that transition, like what it was like going from leasing a property to where you didn't necessarily had have full control. Um, I know at times y'all like shared leases with other people and everything. So I just kind of want to mm-hmm. hear about the difference between what it was like going from a lease to full on ownership. Yeah. Yeah, we were always fortunate that we had, um, man, I mean, some of the leases we had were were great. Um, the first one that I can remember doing a lot of hunting on, um, man, it just, it was down kind of central Texas and, you know, tons of deer. Uh, but the the frustrating thing about it is, you know, we could only go out there starting September 1st and, you know, they cut us off and. I think like mid January. Um, and so, you know, we couldn't even like go out there, you know, in the summer or in the spring and put cameras up and you could not access the place until September 1st. And so, um, you know, that was kind of early on. So I mean, we never ran any kind of trail cameras or anything like that. And, you know, it was very limited on what you were able to do. You know, I mean, you could put stands up, but they had to be, you know, a certain distance from roads and whatnot. Um, No ability to go in and clear an area or do any kind of, you know, work to the property, obviously. Um, But like I said, I mean, we, you know, we were fortunate to get some pretty, pretty cool leases uh, throughout the years. And, um, you know, you know, we, we had one, you know, pretty close here and 
to home and was fortunate. My brother ended up killing two, you know, world-class deer off of that, which was pretty neat. Um, but, you know, it was always one of those things. We always had things we wanted to do, you know, man, it'd be really great to clear this area out and, you know, whether it be to put a food plot in or man, if you could get some lanes, you know, through this spot, you could get a lot of, you know, deer traffic, but you just weren't ever able to do any of that. You know, you, you couldn't, we never had the rights anyway. I'm sure some people do, but we never had the, the freedom to, to do some of that stuff. Um, and then, yeah, you're always kind of low man on the totem pole, which was always stunk, you know, anytime roads got rutted up, well, it's always, you know, the hunter's fault. It was not the oil guys driving through their 18 wheelers, of course, that were tearing up roads. It was us. And so that was always, you know, a little frustrating as well, but, um, and probably eight or nine years ago, we started looking and, you know, trying to, trying to buy our own place. And we knew we wouldn't be able to, you know, we were, I think the last place we we're on in Texas, it was a 7,000 acre ranch that we were able to hunt. And so, you know, I mean, just tons of ground to cover. It was, I loved it because I, I have a hard time sitting in a stand. I, I love being able to, you know, move around and, you know, kind of still hunt. And so, you know, having all that ground was, was awesome. Um, but yeah, it just, you know, we were, we were paying a ton of money for, for that place. And so we started looking, we found a place about three years ago that um, just kind of checked all the boxes, had, you know, nice water on it that we could fish and duck hunt, had, you know, some pretty decent deer habitat and but there was a lot of stuff that we felt like we could do with it. And so, yeah, we were able to, to buy that. And then within that first year, the neighboring place came up for sale and we were able to buy that as well. So, you know, we were able to acquire a pretty decent amount of, um, of property up there. And so it's, it's been a, I still think we're getting used to the fact that like, Hey, we can, we can do what we want to with this, you know, but it's also made it, uh, it's not easy to like pull the trigger on that stuff either, you know, cause it's like, well, I, you know, I don't know if this is right and we want to make sure we're doing this right since it is ours, you know? And, um, so yeah, it's kind of been this weird, weird transition of, you know, starting to realize like, man, we've, you know, we've got a lot of freedom now we can, uh, do what we want to with the property, but then there's been hesitation of like, well, is this the right thing to do? You know, these are, there's going to be long-term effects with some of this. And so we've been pretty slow to, to do much, but we're still, you know, we've got some, some things that we're figuring out and some plans moving forward. But I think the other uh, thing that's really been fun about this place is, you know, there's nobody telling us, Hey, this is what you have to shoot you know, you're not punished for maybe shooting a younger deer. And so it's, it's a lot of fun taking somebody out there who's, you know, maybe, maybe they've hunted some, but haven't ever killed a deer. And it's like, man, Hey, if, if that deer right in front of, if that's getting you excited shoot it, that's fine. You know, that's great. Um, and we want to manage, we want to, you know, do the right thing and whatnot, but at the same time, like we're out there to have fun and, you know, for other people to be introduced to some of this stuff. And so, yeah, if they're excited by that, you know, two-year-old eight point, shoot him. That's, mm -hmm. you know, let's, let's enjoy this. And so let's make some memories. 
So that's been fun being able to kind of have that mindset now, you know, whereas before it's, you know, you run the risk of losing a place because, you know, you shot a, you know, two-year-old eight point or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun finally, you know, having our own place, being able to do what we want to with it, being able to do what we want out there, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. I think one thing, this is just, you know, I've, I've been on a couple of y'all's old leases and I've been on your new place and, uh, you know, we don't have to get too t- detailed with where it's at, but, uh, one big difference that I see for y'all is I feel like y'all were really used to hunting that kind of scrubby Western, you know, mesquites and, and big uh, yeah. bluff country. And mesquites. Yep. Yeah. And then where you're at now, it's very lush and green and hardwoods and everything. So has that been kind yeah. of a weird learning experience for you? Oh man. Yeah. Big time. I mean, I can't tell you the last time I had to hang a tree stand, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that was my dad and I nearly killed ourselves because we couldn't remember how to do some of it <laughs> up there in the tree. Like, okay, does this screw go here? I don't, I don't know. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that's been, that's been different. And even, you know, one thing I loved about hunting West Texas is just the ground you could see, you know, I mean, you could get up on a point and just see for miles. Um, whereas here, I mean, there's spots that I'll hunt that, you know, I mean, I've, I've got, four or five shooting lanes and you're not seeing, but you know, 40 or 50 yards, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's very different. Um, but there's also excitement with that. Cause you know, you can, a lot of times you, you hear the deer way before you see them. Uh, and so that's, you know, kind of that anticipation has been, mm-hmm. been fun, but yeah, I mean, I still feel like I'm, I'm way behind up here, just figuring out how these deer are using these woods and, um, you know, how they're, how they're traveling, where they're bedding. Cause I mean, I look around like everywhere is good bedding here. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know where the, you know, the bedding areas are really. Cause it just, to me, it looks like all of it's good for that, you know? Yeah. Whereas it's, again, see, out in West Texas, it was easier to, easier to find some of that sometimes. Yeah. See, I feel the exact opposite. Like when I go out to, uh, you know, I, I got a buddy that lets me hunt out there and I've, I've been on y'all's places and I feel that way out there. I'm like, everything's the same. Yeah. Like it's just flat <laughs> cactus or, you know, cactus and mesquite filled pastures. Like how do you yeah. find the yeah. terrain? How do you find the funnels and all that stuff? So yeah, it's yeah. Uh, just a funny mix of like kind of what you're used to hunting is what you learn to hunt and your go-to tactics. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. I'll throw yeah. that out there. So yeah. Mm-hmm. What about uh, what about like food plots? Because that's something you've never really been able to do until this place. Have you tried any yet? Uh, have you been learning about them, thinking about them? What about that? No, <laughs> I need to get my farm hand up there, you or your brother, <laughs> and teach you how to do some of that. Because I, we, you know, my dad, we bought a little disc plow and. I got out and tried to do it and I couldn't even break ground with it. So it's like, okay. I, and anytime I try to call you or your brother with those questions, nobody ever, nobody ever answers. So yeah, yeah. I, I actually, I've talked to your brother about that. He said he will find a time to meet up out there and help me out with some of that. But we've, we've got, man, there's a couple of areas that um, it's already kind of natural, like funnel areas that I think could be really good for some of that, but um, and that's what I'm talking about. Like we've got some, you know, some 
some ideas and kind of some plans in place, but yeah, we haven't, haven't been able to implement anything yet. And some of that, man, is just, you know, as you know, I mean, we've got a family business that we run, so that keeps us fairly busy and then, you know, young family and whatnot. So it's not like I just have all the freedom to jump up there and do that, you know? So that's just something we're still trying to figure out and, you know, not, not sure always what the, the best way to do that, but still looking for some, some help on some of that for sure. That's probably my bad. <laughs> uh, well, cool, man. Well, let's uh, let's transition a little bit. Let's get to, to talking about this deer. Um, now, luckily, you had me as a friend to be like, hey, this Thursday is going to be a really good day, and you need to get out there because <laughs> you end up killing yeah. you. I actually, I, I think I texted you first. I said, hey, I just shot a buck, yeah. and you texted me back like, so did I. And so yeah. let's, uh, yeah. let's get into the I hunt a little bit. I think you shot about 10 minutes about 10 minutes before I did. Gotcha. Gotcha. So yeah, yeah same day and everything. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's back up a little bit. Let's talk about this buck and kind of when you learned about him, did you have any history um, and just kind of talk about the deer itself? Yeah, man. I mean, that's kind of what was fun about this deer. We, um, we, we saw him, he showed up last year kind of, mid to late October, uh, uh, I've got a little clearing that I put a camera in and I got some pictures of him. And then, um, and even last year, I mean, he was, a, he was a real pretty 11 point, um, real tall, decent mass. Um, just, yeah, a really pretty deer. And my brother was up there with me one weekend and, um, he, he doesn't bow hunt. He has a crossbow. He's got a disability with his arm, but, um, so he has a crossbow, but he wasn't going to hunt. He just wanted to be up there to hang out. And so I had taken my saddle way back into the, the woods and had hung it. And he just went and sat in one of the box blinds and was going to, you know, take some pictures and just kind of hang out. Well, that buck came out in front of him at, you know, 30 or 40 yards. And he's texting me like, Hey, that buck is over here. Sure enough, he was. He got some really good pictures of him. And looking at those pictures, um, I just really felt like that deer was a four-year-old deer. And so we, we decided, you know, to hey, let's let's let this deer go. It's, he seems like he's really hanging around this area. He's hopefully not going to go anywhere. Our, a lot of our neighbors, there's a neighbor behind us. I think they do some hunting, but a lot of the neighbors, you know, they want to shoot a doe every once in a while, but they're not out there, you know, chasing big bucks and so felt fairly confident that you know if health-wise he'd make it through the year we we might see him this year and so I even had him at um at bow range it was early December uh I had him out in front of me and he was already you know pretty busted up from from fighting and whatnot in the rut and so it was easy at that point to to let him go um for next year and so yeah, so that was really fun. And then, you know, this year, uh, it was probably, I don't know, early September, I started getting some pictures of him again. And, you know, he had obviously grown a decent amount. He put on a lot more mass. He'd gotten, you know, pretty heavy, still really tall, still had a, he's one of his, um, he had a fork on a G2 that was, I love 
we always call them crab claws. I love it when they when they do that. He just had some other little kickers that he didn't have the year before. But man, I mean, the biggest thing was he just his body was just so big, I and mean, you just it was so obvious to tell that this is a you know a five year old. He was just a very mature deer. Anytime I'd have pictures of him and even other mature bucks, I mean, he just was so much bigger and. But, you know, I'd get a picture of him and then it'd be a week before I'd get another one. Uh, so just, he wasn't very consistent. And and then, yeah, I mean, it was, I think before I went out there on that Thursday, I had seven or eight days in a row of him, you know, showing up to this spot. And so you know, I was pretty confident that if that, if that held and I figured it would with, you know, some cooler weather coming in that I'd have an opportunity at him. And so uh, my dad and I got up there Wednesday night and man, I went out Thursday morning just knowing like, all right, this is it, you know, and there had been four or five bucks showing up to this spot, one a, a nice um, eight point that again, I think we're holding on. I think next year he could be really nice, but um, yeah, man, I, I got out there. I've been, I'm the type of guy I show up if, if, shooting light is 645 i'm crawling up there at 640 i've always been <laughs> bad about that and so i man i was bound and determined i got up in that stand at six o'clock it had rained all night it was still kind of drizzling on us uh, but i got up there super early didn't spook anything getting in there um and man nothing not a stinking deer that morning i mean and my dad, where he was sitting, he saw nine or 10 bucks, you know, bunch of deer over there, but I didn't see, I didn't see a thing. And so a little discouraged. I even, I think you and I had even texted some and you were just talking about how those, sometimes those fronts can kind of throw them out of whack a little bit. Um, so yeah, we, we had some work that we wanted to go kind of do in that area. We've got an area we're trying to kind of clear out and, <laughs> but I, and I told my dad, I was like, man, I don't want to go messing around back in there. Let's, let's, let's give him this evening. Let's see if he, you know, comes out. And so, yeah, we just kind of hung out. We did some other stuff that day and, and got out there that afternoon. Again, try to get out there fairly early. Um, I think I maybe got up in the stand 3.30, 3.45, something like that. And it wasn't, I think it was about 6.30. My my dad had just texted me. We were having a competition of who was going to see the first thing. And he had just texted me and said, does an armadillo count? <laughs> and as soon as he texted me that, to my left, I can hear, you know, some crunching. And here comes those, you know, four, I can't remember, it's four or five bucks came in. And they're milling around out in front of me. And they keep looking behind me. About five minutes later, he came out. And it's it's so fun when a mature buck like that comes out because the whole mood changes, you know, all the other bucks, they, man, they let him go where he wants. He get, he kind of now is ruling that area, you know? And so I knew before I even saw him that it was going to be him, just the way those, those other bucks were acting. And um, I don't even think I've talked to you about this, but so he comes out and, He's probably, I don't know, you know, 18 to 20 yards, something like that. And so I, I, I've, I've been shooting some this summer, not, not as much as I'd like, but um, 
I'm sitting there and usually I practice sitting down, you know, just to kind of get that muscle memory down of, you know, being seated and drawing back. And so I'm sitting there and everything's kind of looking away. Nothing's looking at me. So I thought, okay, I'm, I'm safe to draw back. And man, I get about halfway and nothing. I could not <laughs> get my bow back. So I, I drop it down. I mean, my, you know, my heart's beating pretty good, but I'm like, okay, just take a deep breath. So another minute or two goes by and, you know, I feel like I'm safe to draw again and I go back and nothing. I get it about halfway again. And I'm just like, okay, this is ridiculous. Just pull your bow back. And this time I didn't care if anything was looking at me or not. I was going to just pull my bow back. And so I finally, I, I got it back and, you know, nothing, nothing saw me. I'm pretty, you know, I'm covered pretty good in this tree and, uh, yeah, I, you know, I shot him for 20, but I think looking back, he was probably more like 17 or 18. Um, and I had been just telling myself over and over, like, all right, just take your time. Remember, you know, you're up in a tree again. I haven't hunted up in a tree in since I was probably 16. Um, and so, you know, that shot angle is very different than what I'm used to. Uh, I think you filmed me one time shooting a deer. I think that stand was like six feet off the ground. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I'm, I'd been telling myself, you know, aim a little bit lower or whatever, man, when I got drawn back, all of that just went out the window <laughs> and I put my pen on him and, and shot. And it's <clears throat> the little disappointing. Cause I think I must've just, nicked his spine because man i mean he just he dropped he laid there for 15 seconds maybe and that was it hmm. um and so I, you know there's part of bow hunting that i love I'm, I'm sure not everybody thinks this way but i enjoy especially if i know i made a good shot you know watching that deer run off i love blood trailing deer doing all that and so i was a little bummed and i'm like well okay that's over you know it was <laughs> it all happened pretty quick. And, uh, but I mean, I was stoked. I was, you know, really excited. Cause this is again, kind of one of the first times that we've had a little bit of history with the deer and, you know, patterned him a little bit and kind of knew where he was going to be and whatnot. And so that was, that was a fun experience. It was great. You know, I, I texted my dad and I went over and picked him up and, you know, I mean, he was obviously super thrilled for, you know, for me, it's funny, you know, he's taking us hunting like I said, since we were little kids and, you know, my brother and I, he always is like, no, you guys shoot the deer, you guys shoot the deer. And so, you know, my brother and I both killed bigger deer than he's ever killed. And he's just tickled to death about it, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, so we, we loaded him up and we wanted to weigh him on the hook. So we took him back and weighed him and he was 200 pounds on the nose. Hmm. Um, so I mean, he was just, and man, I, when I skinned that deer, I've, that had to be the fattiest deer I've ever, I've ever skinned. I mean, he had so much fat on him. I know it was, it was pre-rut, so that's, that's part of it. But I mean, he just had a ton of fat. And then, you know, when, when we field dressed him and I got the lungs, I mean, one of his lungs was just cut in half, you know, so even if I had not nicked his spine, like I did, I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't going very far. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was it was fun. Obviously, that's the uh, that's really the first like big buck we've we've taken out of there. We've 
we've got a few others that we're going to be facing this year, but um, yeah, it, it was, um, it was a lot of fun. It, it was neat. And again, there was just a little more um, excitement to it being again, that this was, you know, it felt like this was like our deer, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was, that was pretty neat, but yeah, it was, it was exciting. And I'm excited that my season is not over. Like I said, we, <laughs> you know, we've got some, some really, you know, there's three or four other bucks that I, you know, I, I feel like they're, you know, that five, six year old range that, you know, are really, really nice deer. So yeah. looking forward to getting out and chasing some of those this week. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing, like I said, killed a deer on the, the same day. And that's, that was by far the earliest I've ever killed a buck, especially a, a mature buck. And uh, yeah. one thing that threw me off a little bit when he came in, I, I second guessed myself. And this was a deer that I had tons. I had trail cam pictures. I had trail cam videos. Like I knew this deer pretty intimately. But when he came in, he threw me off. I was like, I just don't know if this deer is as old as I think he is. And I, I actually pulled out my phone mm-hmm. and looked up some of those trail camera pictures. And uh, I think what was throwing me off was just he he wasn't rutted up yet. You know, he didn't have his big, thick neck. Yeah. And uh, he he just kind of right. wasn't bullish. He still had like that fat. Um, and, and it just really threw me off. Uh, like I said, you know, the last uh, the last two or three deer I've taken off of our property uh, that the taxidermist, she's told me that she had to order like extra large mounts for them because they're just so thick and, you know, their necks are so mm. big and everything. Um, and like I said, when this deer came yeah. out, it just kind of threw me off. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know if you experienced that yeah. a similar thing, like killing a deer so early and just how they looked a little different. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Yeah. His, I mean, again, his body was just so much bigger than those other bucks but yes he did not have that uh it wasn't like a muscular neck he had a big mm-hmm. neck but it wasn't that like you know muscular neck that's ready to start you know yeah. fighting with other deer but mm-hmm. uh, you know it was it probably helped that again you know he was there with like i said i think a four-year-old and then a couple of three-year-olds and you know two-year-old that it was just i mean it was a no-brainer it's like mm-hmm. yeah this deer if he's, you know, if he's not five, then he's six, you know, yeah. he's, he's definitely no younger than that. Yeah. Um, and so it, it was, it was a no brainer, but yes, I, I know what you mean. He, he almost looked like flabby. You know? yeah. It's like, he wasn't yeah. like toned up and ready to go. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. But yeah, that's funny too. You mentioned you weighed him cause that's something I've never done before. And I literally, I went this weekend and bought a scale so that I have one now, uh, because I've yeah. always I've always been curious. Like I know we have these big body deer, um, but I've, I've never weighed one. So I went and bought a scale just, yeah. just for that. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, you know, again, coming from, man, I mean like a big deer that we would hunt down in central Texas, you know, you were lucky to get a buck that would go, you know, 115, 120, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they just, they they were just so much smaller. Um, and so, yeah, this was again, pretty, pretty neat to kill something just i mean that that big and I, again i know you've got some guys that are listening to this they're like yeah 200 pound deer that's nothing but mm-hmm. coming from you know hunting much much smaller deer that was that was pretty pretty crazy for us we were excited about it yeah 
what's funny is uh I don't, I don't think i told you about this uh this spring when i had a couple of guys from the sportsman's empire down to go hog hunting uh one of the guys was from michigan and we were at the house and yeah. I had a bunch of my mouths up there and uh he pointed at my biggest buck like biggest body biggest antlered and everything and he was like that one i was like what about him he's like that would be about the size of a two-year-old where I come from. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> just like, you know, the further north you go, the bigger they get. And uh, it kind of snuck yeah. up. I, yeah, I had to, right. I had to, I had to Iowa in three weeks. It kind of snuck up on me. And uh, that's one of the things I'm really oh, excited for is uh, I just keep hearing about these big bodied Northern deer. And I've re- never really got to experience that. So uh, yeah, yeah, pretty, yeah. pretty no, excited, be really neat. excited for a lot of things on that trip. So. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. Well, cool, man. Well, uh, I told you I wouldn't keep you too long, and we're coming up on that. Uh, but real quick before I let you go, I don't think we've really described this deer yet. You've talked about he was big and everything, but uh, just kind of give people yeah. a, a visual. Just describe his rack a little bit. Yeah, he. Um, yeah, I mean, his, you know, his most prominent feature. I mean, he's just really tall. I think you know both G twos were you know, 11, 12 inches. They were both just really long as G3s kept that going. They were, I think both right around 10 inches and G4s were good. Um, like I said, he's got a, he's got a fork on one of his G2s and, just, you know, both bases were, you know, I think five and a half inches and that just kind of went all the way through, you know, all the circumferences were just, you know, five and a half, five, four and a half, you know, I mean, he was just thick all the way all the way through and then um you know probably the only area that he lacked some was he was a pretty narrow rack he was i think we we measured it at about 15 and a half something like that um Mm -hmm. and so yeah yeah it was that that was probably his only deficiency and then like i said he had a few you know kind of kickers on the sides you know that were three four inches long nothing nothing great. So, um, yeah, but it was, yeah, he, he was a really pretty deer though. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, again, my, it was definitely my biggest buck to date. So yeah, it was, it was exciting. Awesome. Well, cool, man. Well, like I said, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, you need to get old spunky. You need to get your dad on one of those, uh, just cause I know he'd love it. <laughs> and, uh, and, I uh, yeah, I yeah. Maybe we uh maybe we can find a time sometime uh this season to to get together at one of our places and just hang out a little bit. So I know. We need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need to. Maybe I'll teach you how to plow while we're there. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, cool, man. Uh, yeah, I need it. <laughs> well, cool. Uh, like I said, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you sharing your experience with you or with us, excuse me. And uh yeah. I think that's all we got for you this week. So unless you got something else, I think that's gonna do it. No, man. I appreciate you having me on. It was fun. Yep. We will, uh, we'll do it again sometime and I think that's it. So we'll talk to you later. All right. See you, John. And that is going to do it. Thank you, Ryan, for coming on and telling your story. As I mentioned at the beginning, this is kind of a pre-recorded episode, so I don't have a lot to kind of fill you in on or catch you up with. I just hope everybody's having a great season. I hope you're being safe. I hope you're getting out there as much as humanly possible and just have a lot of fun while you're out there doing it. So that's it. Short and sweet this week. Thank you guys for tuning in. Until next week, I will see y'all right back here on the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast.